Hey, podcast listeners, Pastor Freddie T here. I hope you are off to a great summer, enjoying sunny days, hopefully some fun time by the pool, some grill outs. Uh, I love you. I'm praying for you. We have a really special day coming up on Father's Day, groundbreaking party on the land. Bring dad, bring granddad, bring great granddad. Uh, It's going to be a great day. I hope you'll be there. It's going to be a sweet celebration, a milestone moment in the life of our church. If you're not a real lifer, but you're a listener to the podcast, I invite you to join us on this special groundbreaking day. It'll be a historical day for Real Life Church. I love you, church. Enjoy the podcast. This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at real life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. What's up, Fred? Hey, man. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. We're here earlier today. It's a little early. You know, 20 minutes makes a difference. You love the early morning, man. I did. The lights are bright. I feel it now. I mean, I see. I told you the lights are too bright in here. I feel it now. You got here first and turned the lights on too bright. I said when I punched in the code, I didn't say alarm. Right. So I thought, all right. So I, I figured you sent me the code. So, so surely you also de-armed. I was place. making milk for the kids this morning and I get your text. I'm like, just give me a second, Fred. And you were making milk? Yeah. You're milking smart. the cows, JB. Really, really smart. You've been up early today, I can tell. You're you milk witty. Me. Can you milk me, Fogger? <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. What is that movie? Meet the Parents. Yeah, I can't talk about milking cows without that <laughs> phrase. I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, Rachel's just like, turn off the alarm, turn off the alarm, turn off the alarm. I was like, I, I got it. Just, <laughs> Rachel, give me a second. Freddie, give me a second. Is Rachel a morning person? Uh, no. She, is she a night owl? Yes. Oh. Now she's turning into a, not a morning person. That's why like, I like Rachel so going much. Going to bed early. <laughs> she's got a fellow like a night owl. Sleep both. <laughs> but you're a morning person. I am. Yeah. Susan is a full-on middle-of-the-day person. <laughs> That's what Rachel is. After three, I don't know. Yeah, no, we, we have very good friends that are neighbors, and we went to the neighbors last night. So we're, we step a little later than usual. And your firstborn son is in the house this morning. Max Vincent is Max here this Vincent. morning. Max looks, Max is looking tall and strong. Yep. First time in the, the podcast. Uh, what about you, man? I was off for a few days last week. What was up with you last week? What do you mean? What was like, up what'd you do? Me? What was what's last life? week? Gosh, man, it's hard. To baseball. Remember. Let me look at my calendar and see. Baseball. I mean, we definitely... Did you go to a baseball game? Yes. There you go. I saw uh, a new something. I think I did. I, I don't, I don't know if I did. Uh, we sent Parker off to play in Florida Ooh. with a team that he doesn't normally play on. He's in Florida with another baseball team this week, living his best life in a condo on the beach. Oh wow! They needed him, and it's his favorite coach. Coach Josh Claret is is his favorite coach. Oh, Josh. I'm looking at my calendar. See what I did. Well, if last you have to go look week. at your calendar, it can't be that too exciting. Well, oh, well, did you ask? Yes, that's right. I had a I had a great I went out of town prayer, last week. Thanks for asking. Prayer time last week. What did you do last <laughs> oh, week? Thanks, Fred. <laughs> Our no, social I'll etiquette. Never, how, I'll how never. <laughs> I haven't answered your question yet. I know you're looking. I'm still at your, trying to answer your if question. If you have to look at your phone, it can't be something that you want to talk about. Well, I'm just I'm just trying to. It's six thirty five in the morning. I'm trying to. It's, it's a little later than no, that. Because Daniel Cox was late. Oh. <laughs> 
Let's <laughs> wait for that. I thought it was going to be before we started on air. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, thanks for I went to my favorite city next to Clarksville. Okay. Chattanooga. Oh, you guys went to Chattanooga? Just for a few days. Without kids? Nope. Oh. It's our one day year we don't have kids. Max, you didn't stay with me, man. That's you got to stay with me next he, time he, mom and dad go. We had fun at Dollywood. But, uh, we oh, went. wow. I've never been to Dollywood. Oh, well, you've got to go. I, that's it's, what I it's hear. Like the old Opryland, Opryland days. I resisted it, but I resisted it because in my mind I thought Dollywood was no good. Oh no, it's really that's good. it. Well, that's what I've been hearing lately. So I'm like, let's go. Oh, it's really good. I'll You'd really enjoy miss it. Opryland. Get the past thing; it's worth it. Uh, so yeah, we went to Chattanooga. Had a had a good time. Good, just you and Rach. Just me. Where'd and you Rach. go eat? We ate at a place called Aaliyah. Where, where we ate? That's right. Ah, yeah, it's a little. Yeah, it was good. And then St. John's, one of my favorite restaurants. You know, right across the street from Aaliyah is the Thai restaurant. Yeah, that is really, 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 really good. Since it, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't like Thai food. So I you need, don't I need like to walk Thai on the food. same side of the south. You're sidewalk. a chef and you don't like Thai food. <laughs> I don't like Thai food. I'm not a chef. And listen, in the new heavens, when your palate is you glorified, you go to Thai food. <laughs> no, no, when your palate is glorified, you will love Thai food. I guess. I think your palate is cursed by the fall of sin, Jonathan. So we love going to a bakery called Need Loves. That's yeah. spelled N I E D Loves. Okay. And um, it's a really great bakery. And yeah. Rachel and I were standing there in the long line like we did every morning. Yeah. And we saw a girl that we knew from here uh-uh. that used to work at Gingham Cafe. Are you serious? Yeah. Her name's, Isn't that wild? Her, her name's Emily. And I was like, I thought you were at Gingham. She said, no, I left three years ago. I was like, well, I hadn't been to Gingham in a while, apparently. So You know, it was like a couple of, well, like a month ago, shortly after we wrapped up our time, I was absolutely exhausted. And Susan and I flew maybe on a Sunday night down to Florida. Yeah. And we had reservations at a restaurant. Ah, Daniel's waving at us. He must that must five, be the timer. Five minutes is already uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have had a lot loves. of people come to me and say they want more shenanigans. <laughs> three minute, three minute. I'll give you a three minutes. I haven't had a story. single person come to me saying, <laughs> I'm so glad you ended the shenanigans. And if Rachel feels that strongly about it, then I need to hear from her. Oh on my this. gosh. I- info at. Okay. So we're we're down in like Destin area. Susan and I are eating. And I've got a Clarksville High baseball shirt on. Have I told you about this? You have not, nor have you told the podcast listener this story. Um, and Susan and I are sitting there, and we're not talking because I'm absolutely exhausted, right? I'm just wiped out. It's our first night down there. We're just going to eat some good food, go to bed, wake up at the beach, right? Yeah. And this, and we're the, and we, we walked into the restaurant. And she said, you know, is it okay in here? I said, actually, would you sit us over there in a room where there was no other people? Yeah. You know, that's yeah, where I needed yeah. to be. And a few minutes after sitting down, another couple came in mm-hmm. that I did not recognize. Mm-hmm. And he looked over at me and smiled like he kind of knew me. Yeah. And he sat down and every couple of minutes he would look over at me, like really at me and yeah. smile. Yeah. And I was like, what is going on? And in my normal zone, I'm like jumping up, high-fiving this stranger. Yeah. Asking him who he is, where he's from. Yeah. You know, how many kids he's got, all the works. And I didn't say a word. I wasn't even smiling back. I wasn't even looking back. I was just so wiped out, you know. And then finally, right before, like as shortly before they're going to leave. Because they, I don't know, they weren't eating as much as we were or something. Like he speaks to me. 
about my Clarksville High baseball shirt on, and they were from Clarksville. Uh, what and were their names? I can't remember. Oh, come on, Fred. I know, I know. I can't remember. Extrovert of the year. If you can't said it. Names. Steve. You, uh, Brian. Hang on, I'll tell you. Oh, no, I'm kidding. No, no, I got, it, I got it in a... I got it in a text because we had a mutual friend, uh, and um, and uh, but you wrote his name down your notes in your phone. No, no, because I've got a text. Hang on, I'm pulling it up. If you have not been to Chattanooga, okay, his go name. to Chattanooga. It's a great place. Uh, Chattanooga is wonderful. Was it as good as it? Oh is? yeah, just it's just a wonderful place. Yeah, really great. Okay, uh, we have this dead silence looking for this name. I know. I know. Okay, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. You may know this guy. You may know this guy. Well, I can't find it. Uh, it's coming. Sorry, I cannot find it. Go. I don't know where it is. I think we're done with the shenanigans this morning. Did I ever? Did I ever show you the picture of when I was grilling for the baseball team? No. Um, it caught on fire. The grill caught on fire. I do remember the story, but yeah. now you have not shown me. You just yeah. pa- apparently ran past that. There's a picture of it. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah. All right, Fred, listen, we had, uh, I was not at service. I did listen to your sermon. I so look forward to talking about Ephesians 6 and all that you brought out on Sunday morning. Look forward to talking about all of it. I do. But uh, it's going to take a long time. It was a long sermon. It was a 45-minute sermon. I know. I looked down at the timer on podcast thingy. Uh, so, yeah. So, we're going to come right back um, with a little vision moment right after this. All right, Fred. We have started a new kind of uh, programming for podcasts, and one of the segments is this vision moment. So, what is on your mind, heart, and soul about real life this morning? Uh, you know, I I think a little bit of kind of the 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 engine of the church in its leadership, um, uh, in in a new young church like ours, one of the most important things to take place is the development of leaders, and uh, you know, in the within the church, you have disciples, you have disciple making disciples, so. You, You've got those that get saved, those that understand their disciples, those that are now disciple-making disciples, and then you have leaders. And leaders are the disciples that are walking with God, delighting in God. They're actually disciple-making disciples. They're discipling others. And But then a leader in the church is someone who takes on a special level of responsibility for an area of ministry or for leading a group of people. And uh, that is, as we enter into the, this next new season, that's really where my heart is, is thinking about developing leaders. And, you know, John Maxwell defines leadership as influence. <laughs> he uses a solo word. He's kind of the leadership guru of the 80s. He wrote all the great leadership books, you know, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership and, and all of those things. But um, I'm really praying for God to raise up strong leaders that take initiative, that take responsibility for ministry teams, for ministry areas, uh, and and show uh, demonstrate influence, the ability to influence people. And it's interesting because I believe leadership is a spiritual gift, 
but I also believe it's a skill that can be developed. And so I hope that God does both. I'm praying that God both uh, helps us identify those that are gifted in leadership for the health of our church and uh, that people will actually grow in their skill of leadership. So JV, pray with me that God will raise up leaders out of our church in the harvest. And it reminds me real quick as we close this segment, um, as we as as the Israelites left Egypt and came through the Red Sea and they started kind of settling down in their tents, remember the first thing that, that Moses struggled with, his father-in-law came to him and says, you can't take care of everyone's problems. You have to set up leaders. And and this is kind of a cool thing. We've kind of come through this this kind of campaign for, you know, the the one fund and our time and but our time has not stopped. It's gonna continue. And and one of the big thing I think you just said is creating these leaders, developing these leaders, giving giving the opportunities, the space for for men and women to step up. So anyway Bob, Bob Pittenger texted me and said, Been praying for you, brother had some heavy lifting these past few weeks i feel like you might need an aaron and her to keep your arms lifted as the enemy fights against us i got this text yesterday praying you're doing good keep preaching truth there you go so yeah may the lord increase the tribe of leaders those men and women that passionately walk with the lord that then take this initiative to oversee ministry areas and lead people and love it yeah man let's hear a little scripture Second Timothy 2, 7-13 Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. All right, we're back. Um, I didn't have to read scripture today. I missed it. <laughs> Rachel Rachel played it for the neighbors. They said, who's that? They said, it's me. Are you serious? It's me, yeah, because I've got that really, I, really you, low voice. Do you know those things where you can like be voices for cartoons? <laughs> you should do that. Uh, what do they call those voiceovers or something? voiceovers voiceovers? I don't know if that's what they call it or not. But <clears throat> well, I was not Max. Don't you think your dad's got a great voice? No, he said he's going to yeah, say yeah. He gave me the whatever he said he's going to say. So yeah. great to have Max in the podcast yeah. lounge today. So I don't know if this was this the last last of Ephesians this week, or are you going to do one more week? Uh, have you ever read the book of Ephesians, John? I know there's some left, but it's kind of the greetings, the the the, the final stuff. I don't um, know if you're going to go into the armor itself. You really paid attention to the the, the sermon. <laughs> well, maybe the podcast cut it off before and after. <laughs> I didn't get all that. So uh, no, uh, we've got a few more sermons in Ephesians. Okay, yeah. okay, that's good. Yeah. Uh, but you were in middle Ephesians six. Uh, you started off with right the prequel for the armor of God. One of my favorite things. Um, it's Parker's favorite chapter. 
Yeah, yeah. The whole six or just that portion of it? Uh, I haven't asked him specifically yeah, what yeah, verse yeah. it begins. I didn't know if it was the children of obeying your parents part. That he really, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's hilarious. You're, you're, that's, that's hilarious. That's the reason I asked. Uh, that is funny. So I, I was not there. So, you know, it's different listening to it in an AirPod okay. than it is experiencing yeah, it. sure. You know, because I, I didn't watch the video. Yeah, I, I, 86% of communication is nonverbal. Right, right. So I know you fairly well. So I kind of knew when you were smiling, when you weren't smiling, when you're... Uh, walking on stage when you're holding your Bible up. Um, you're so full of it. So, uh, so I was interested. Tell me, illuminate for me. You you made a you made a nexus, a connection between be strong in the Lord. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah And yeah. what we're going through in, in this country, as we do every year, the month of June is called Pride Month. For those that have maybe um, same sex attraction support. Uh, it's this month that they honor that, I guess, or support that. I don't know what you call it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, so you made a strong nexus between be strong in the Lord uh, and Pride Month. I'd love to hear just just a little bit of illumination on what was in your head and why and and what your feedback was. Did you get any feedback from anybody on your sermon? Sure. Yeah. That's well, a lot of questions at once. Well, <laughs> <laughs> did yeah. you write them all down? No, I didn't. <laughs> Uh, it's been, it's been a burden on my heart for a long time to serve our church by speaking clearly on some of the hot cultural issues. Um, you know, so homosexuality is one of them. Uh, transgender is another one of them. That's really, really big right now. Anyways, our, you know, our, our kids, in particular, kids in public school and kids on social media are being bombarded every day uh, with these issues, with these challenges. And it's absolutely critical that we're both equipping students, kids, on how to think Christianly about these cultural issues and that we're equipping their parents on how to disciple their children in these cultural issues. So it's been a burden on my heart for a really long time the challenge that I've felt is my, my preaching style is pretty extemporaneous. Uh, I mean, I meditate deeply in the text. I have a good outline. I'm I'm prepping. I'm just not preaching from a, a manuscript. Uh, but as I've thought about these uh, cultural issues and some of them being quite sensitive and delicate, with, with great need for nuance, uh, I've thought I'll, I'll probably work more from a manuscript. And, and I've just, I, I've kind of, I don't know that I've been putting it off per se, uh, but I just knew it's going to take some heavy lifting, perhaps a little more than usual in sermon prep to prep good messages that deal with these cultural issues if we're going to address them well. And so that's been on my heart, man, for probably a year, year and a half. It's just been growing. And so... Uh, honestly, I didn't see it coming. I didn't have this six months ago on the calendar to address Pride Month on this day. Um, but just as I just as I began to prep the sermon, and I looked at the text, and then I began to interface with what was happening just in reality around us with Pride Month, um, I think it was the Holy Spirit that showed me this beautiful convergence of, hey, here's here's a way you can stay in the text that you're preaching, uh, and apply it to a very uh, acute cultural moment. And so I was really glad, you know, that I didn't have to push pause on Ephesians 
and pivot over to something else, but I was able to continue to move through the book of Ephesians and show how all of Scripture applies to the moments that we're in. And so that's, yeah, that's where, I mean, that's, it was, it was my pastoral burden merging together with the text that we were in. That's why I addressed it the way I did. So you made a very bright line. So one, I, I will support you. Um, you made a very bright line. You didn't stray away from what I think, uh, what Paul was speaking about, both in First Corinthians and in Ephesians. So I want to uh, say that to you first, that you didn't stray from the line. It was very uh, straightforward with the truth of what God's Word says. Yeah. Uh, so I want to say that. And, and two, did you get any feedback? Yeah. Oh, yeah, good. That was the other part of it. Right, I got you. Yeah, you know, I mentioned to you right before we jumped on the podcast, I, <laughs> I, I think what's it, I got more feedback about this sermon than any sermon I've ever preached in my life. Like more individuals coming up to me immediately at church, more text messages, more messages coming through Susan. Uh, they continued into this morning. I continued to get messages from people. And it was uh, thoughtful feedback, encouraging feedback. There was no negative feedback at this point, though I, I'm sure that there were challenging parts of the messages that people are still uh, chewing on. And as I as I've reflected upon the large volume, I you know you just see, man, people are really really hungry for clarity, and and I and I think in the in the culture, the the voices, the declarations, the proclamations that are coming from our culture about things of sexual of sexuality, of homosexuality, transgenderism, all of these things. Um, they're loud, they're constant, they're gaining traction. And I think the church needs clear, bold, strong, winsome voices regularly about these issues uh, to, to keep the church strong, to keep the, you know, so much of the New Testament, Jonathan, was written simply to keep the church in the faith. Like, I mean, so many of the New Testament letters, and so much of the New Testament letters, like so much of the letters themselves are written for the very specific sole point of just keeping the church trusting in Jesus and and in his way. And uh, it's hard to be a Christian today. And so I think, I think in a lot of ways, when we're willing to speak clearly and boldly and passionately from the authoritative scriptures— it strengthens the inner man and the inner woman of individuals, and I think that I think that's why the feedback was was there. I think it was like so so just strengthening for the congregation, nourishing, helpful. Uh, I hope that that's what it was. I mean, it certainly wasn't an entertaining sermon, you know. Like I had one opening story that served from like as an illustration, but I don't know that there was even much illustration through the whole sermon. But I don't I don't know that that's a great thing, but it's just. It was a long sermon, and well, so uh, so this 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 letter was written to the church at Ephesus. Ephesus was probably a hard place for a Christian to live, just like you said today. It's kind of difficult. I think in your sermon you say in twenty years it may become even more difficult. As you have an employer say you can't say that and you can't say this, so probably you know as you're probably correct that Paul was trying to write to encourage the 
the the church at Ephesus to say, hey, 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 come back. Well, let's think about where where where, where ground where ground zero is here. And uh, so I, I do want to do want to one of the things that hit me was you started off with actually a couple three stories uh, of different people that you knew in New York. Um, I, doesn't matter the names. I can't remember the names. Nick, I think, or Jake, mm-hmm, or something. I don't mm-hmm, remember. Mm-hmm. But but I want to do want to be real clear here because you go also to Ephesians five about the association of people in the church. First Corinthians five. Yep. First Corinthians five. Sorry, people in the church um, that are struggling or blatantly in opposition to what truth calls us to behave. Yeah. In the in the in the church at Corinth, Paul had a lot of uh, correction and rebuke for the church at Corinth. They were they were getting drunk at the Lord's Supper. There was disunity, and there was great sexual immorality. Some people would say there was actually incest going on with self-professing Christians in the church. And so Paul had been trading letters back and forth, and so he was writing both answering their questions and addressing real issues in the church. And, and the point that you illuminated from the Scripture from 1 Corinthians 5 was that if you have someone in the church that is that is blatantly yeah. defying the truth and behaving in such a way— In an un- unrepentant fashion. That's Okay, so un- uh, this that, is what I want to get yeah, to. Yeah, that's the real key is an unrepentant there fashion. Jonathan, we all, we all sin. And struggle with it. Uh, with most, the temptation. Most of us sin every day. That's right. You know, and uh, but 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 this particular sin seemingly was it was it was a gross sin and unrepentant, and they were boastful about it. Yeah, yeah, and so that's what I I I, I want to make sure that as I was listening to it yesterday, and I was a little bit distracted, that, yeah, we all struggle. So don't feel like, oh, that guy over there or that lady over there, they, I know what they're doing. They're, I know they struggle with this, that, or the other thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is where the church needs to come up and support and encourage mm-hmm. and help and man, you know, iron sharpening iron thing kind of thing. So, but, yeah, for someone that's completely blatantly, unrepentantly sinning in the church, then I think Paul has called a certain measure of uh, what's that? What they call shunning? I guess is kind of what he was calling for. In a way. Sure, it's yeah, it's kind of removing fellowship. Yep. You know, yep. it's 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 an unwillingness to fellowship with a professing believer who is living in gross unrepentant sin. Actually, that word I looked it up because I was so intrigued with it when you brought it out in the sermon. And I think the word associate it's a long word. Golly, Pete, in, in the, the Greek, Greek yeah, it's like a, yeah. yeah, it's multiple yeah. words, but in essence, means mixed together. Yeah. It's kind of like a batter. You don't want to be mixed in where your end and their beginning, you can't find the beginning and end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you need to separate yourself. Where yeah. what's, what's, what struck you most about all that? You're, you're kind of leading us toward the First Corinthians 5. What is it about that, Jonathan, that is kind of stirring your yeah, so curiosity? Yeah, so we started or, with Ephesians 6, which yeah. one of my—yeah, Ephesians 6. I'm getting lost in my books here. One of my favorite chapters. You said Parker. This is one of Parker's Yeah, he favorite. loves the armor of God. Yeah, I love I love Be Strong in the Lord. I, one of my favorite, I, I did a sermon on this. One of my favorite books of the Bible um, is Genesis Exodus. But we get to Joshua, Joshua 1, yes. um, when they, the Israelites have gone through all this, and they, Moses is dead now, and God comes to Joshua, uh, whose name is Yeshua, just the same name, good word for Jesus. And he's going to lead his people in the promised land, and, and he says, be strong. 
be strong and courageous. And I've done I've done a lot of teaching on that and a sermon on that. Not going to go through that this morning. So it's just reminiscent yeah. that Paul, yeah. at the end of his letter yeah. to the church at Ephesus, yeah. would say, "Finally, brothers, yes, be strong." Be strong. Yes. I mean, you can't think that if you had a Jewish follower of Jesus <laughs> in the church of Ephesus when they heard that. Yeah. I know different words. It's dunamis for the word strong and not what it would be in the Hebrew. But it would have to bring them back. To yeah. Like, I'm Joshua. Right. I'm going to lead sure. these million people across this Jordan River, and we're going to take on, you know. And um, anyway, so I, I love Be Strong in the Lord. You, you, but the first Corinthians was really intriguing um, because of, to me, the nexus between, except I that same sermon I preached that I I think that the battles that we face yeah. at sight are a battle that we've already won or lost in the spirit. Yeah, that's good. And I think that's Ephesians Ephesians six. Be strong in the Lord because we don't fight against. You have to remind me power. I don't have in front of me powers and principalities mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. forces in this present darkness. And in that word darkness, just word in Greek is obscurity. You, you, you just completely are not looking, can't see it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's, you're not even trying to find it. Mm-hmm. And there's so much that we, as Americans for sure, are so diverted. Listen, it's, it's, there's no shame or guilt to this, but Rach and I watched everywhere we went in Chattanooga, because I put my phone away because mm-hmm. I wasn't working. Every table at a restaurant, we were at a pool, everybody at this beautiful pool, had their had their device out. Sure, everybody had a laptop, if not a phone. Sometimes they had three devices out, and they had something in their ear. So there is so much diversion that we in our society and our culture are going through that we are going to be completely obscured from whether it's homosexuality, whether it's greed, whether it's whatever. Are those the things that first Corinthians? If if we don't try to open our eyes to find out what the battle really is, uh, we are sometimes fighting the end of the tale, if, if that makes sense. In other words, we're trying to say, oh, well, we shouldn't watch that on that YouTube channel, or, or gosh, I shouldn't listen to that podcast, or I shouldn't be hanging out with that coworker because they are, or I saw this, or I'm listening to that. If we bring this way back, sometimes we're trying to fight what we see, yeah. where the battle, yeah. as Paul says, Battle is not there. Yeah. The battle's way, way, way. You're back. talking. You're talking about the nature of the spiritual battle that he talks about in in Ephesians. That's I'll right. just read this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So you're, you're talking about what you're seeing in Chattanooga. You're t- talking about the diversion. Jonathan, what's your burden as you, as you think about the battle that we're in? What are the steps? What is our battle? Our battle, how do, what is our weapon? Yeah. I know we're going to go through some armor yeah, here, but, yeah, no, but, yeah, but what yeah. is the weapon? Where do we start the battle? Is it getting on social media and blasting somebody yeah. because of their political view? because yeah, of their yeah, yeah. support of same-sex marriage, be- yeah. because of their support for gun rights or no gun rights. Right. Is, is that the battle? And I would tell you that that's not the battle. Yeah, What's so uh, this is what I was so thankful for. What I was so thankful for 
is before before I really made the decision to address Pride Month from the text of Ephesians, I like I made that decision, and then I'm digging into the text, and I see the 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 wonderful clarity of battle the right enemy of our our, our, our we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. And I feel like that was so helpful as a reminder to people because I think the I think one of the struggles for Christians, Jonathan, is um, is the practicality of living this out. I don't think most Christians are confused about what they believe. I think what most Christians are concerned about is, okay, I know what I believe. What I don't know is how do I live this out in a way that honors God, in a way that's effective and winsome in, in being a witness for him. And so that's the, why the pivot to 1 Corinthians 5, because I felt like it was, it was a practical application on, on how to handle this issue in those relationships. Um, but, but I feel like that phraseology, that, that, that real contrast that Paul's painting in, this, in, the, in the spiritual battle is, is making sure we know who the enemy is. And I think what you just said is, is where, is where if, if we don't set some guardrails up, the church will always fall into that us and them mentality. The church will, the church, you know, the, the, the voices are so loud. The, the voices of, from people that are evil are so loud that if we're not careful, we will easily fall into thinking they, like they're the enemy, not I'm broken and I feel compassion for them for the way the devil has influenced them. And that would be the gospel. Isn't it funny how we, we want, we go to church because we love the gospel, but we don't like those folks because they believe that maybe in a very vociferous way very vocal way. So now they have become the enemy and we're supposed to bring them favor. We're come to supposed to bring them release and not because we're so good and we have it together, but because the truth is that good yeah. and because the truth was brought for a reason, truth yeah. being Jesus, yeah. to bring release from yeah. the diversion of truth and what what he, he brought in the original creation. Yeah. Jonathan, the, the one thing that I didn't have time to bring in, that had, I, had it been like a two-hour lecture, I might have brought in the concept of an imprecatory psalm you're going to have to tell me what imprecatory means. Well, I was hoping that you would know the definition of the word imprecatory. I could probably guess, yeah. uh, but you're going to have to Well, an imprecatory psalm are the kind of psalms that you find in the Bible where the psalmist is praying a destruction upon the evil one. They're, they're, they're praying prayers like, you know, like, the, like in one place the psalmist says, Lord, I hate those that hate you, right? And so that's not loving your neighbor. You know, so so, like in 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 my mind as I'm preaching God's word, I'm trying to anticipate people's objections. I'm trying to anticipate where people experience challenges. I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to anticipate what are other scriptures that might provide attention with this truth that might seemingly contradict it, but we know it's not a contradiction. It's a it's a tension that where they come together to teach a whole big picture vision. And so in the Bible, we, we have these things called imprecatory psalms, which are, are psalms where, where God's people 
are experiencing great hostility from people that are not God's people, and they pray prayers again, like asking God to come against those people. And I do feel like that that is a relevant, helpful piece on when we're feeling all this angst living in an evil world, and we're, when we're being bombarded by sinful values at every turn. And when we send our kids off to school and put a phone in their hand and we're worried about the messages that they're going to get and all of these things, I think imprecatory psalms are given to us as a gift from God to almost to release the angst, you know, and and to actual to actually pray God's judgment upon the the people uh, that are in unrepentant sin and uh it so anyways that's something to explore if for folks that are trying to grasp what does it look like to love my enemy and is that is that the only thing is that the only thing scripture gives me on how do i navigate these difficult times well i would say jesus says love your enemy and the lord gives us things like imprecatory psalms and, and so it's just something worth exploring that you know that Sometimes the grief that Christians feel as they experience the godlessness of this world can only be released through praying an imprecatory psalm. Um, and uh, I'll, try, I'll try to list a couple of examples of what some imprecatory psalms are in the show notes um, just so people can read through it and get a sense for what I'm talking about. Well, I know we're coming to the end, but I, I do want to segue, not segue, you segued. Uh, to me, the battle that we're facing is the major weapon is what you're holding in your hand right now. You just closed up. Sword of the Spirit. Yeah, and, and I know you'll be preaching about the that. Word of God. So if, you, if you're not in the Word of God every single day, if you're not in the Word of God every single day, you will not have the proper weapons, and you will not be armorized to face what you're going to face today. Um, I would really suggest that not only we read it, but we meditate on it, we memorize it. Be strong in the Lord, be strong and courageous. When Joshua says that, that if you look at those words in the Hebrew, and I'm going to be done, it, it, it actually is is like you, you just don't let go as you, when you're strong and courageous. You're resolutely attached. And, and, and if you look in Joshua, the next thing he says is that you're going to be strong in the Word of God, that you, if you're not attached resolutely to the Word of God, you're going to be swayed no matter what you think. The culture will always sway you if you do not have an anchor point. And that anchor point is, if did you get in the Word this morning? If you did not, if you did not read God's Word and meditate on it, you now have less of an opportunity, you have more of an opportunity to be diverted and swayed from what the culture will give you because that's what the devil's going to do. He's going to give you a diversion. He's going to give you another truth mm. that's not the truth. That's Genesis mm-hmm. 3. It's all the way mm-hmm. through the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. That is what God has given us. He's yes. given us himself through his that's word, right. so that's we right. have to be attached. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. All the Christian life is the overflow of a relationship with God. That's good. My last thought, we have a very good friend. He's a real lifer. Sam Gentry, he introduces to a, an author, speaker, sports psychologist. He's, he's passed now. But one of the biggest things that I took from his book is that if you want to do something, if you want to achieve something, choice is an illusion. 
there is no choice. You, <laughs> you don't have a choice A <laughs> or B. So if you want to fight the schemes of the devil, yeah. if you're not reading God's word, it's it, it, choice is illusion. You have to get in God's word. There's a shout out for our community group right whoop, there. Whoop, whoop, whoop. There you go. Our community group's going to love that. Brother, thing. I loved it. Good stuff. I look forward to this Welcome Sunday. Welcome back. Yeah. yeah enjoy man. it. Back to it. Hey, man, what time is it? It's our time. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.